Welcome, my friends, to Borderline episode 11. Hit subscribe, follow this podcast, get involved. A podcast that is its own genre. Not my words, the words of Matt Ford, world-class political comedian and commentator. Thank you very much, Matt. And thank you to everyone that's retweeting this podcast and sharing it. A thousand downloads can't be wrong. And that's what I cracked this week. So, I nearly said that's what we cracked this week. I sometimes do that. We cracked that this week, implying that there are people. <laughs> we, the company. Danny Buckler, PLC. I'm just like him in billions. I'm Mike Prince. But uh, yeah, thousand downloads. I am over the moon with that. Onwards and upwards and forwards. Which is taking a bit of effort today, I've got to be honest. If you're watching the YouTube version of this, and if you're not watching the YouTube version of this, there's now a YouTube version of this. You get to see my face. You might have just caught the tail end of a little bit of the old Taoist self-massage sequence that I was doing. Ooh, what's that buckle, you saucy dog? I'll tell you. It's just a little kind of, it's a little sequence of self-massage to get the old energy flowing. If I might, I'll even demonstrate it. Why not for the people watching? But the reason I'm doing it is I've had, this is, this has got to be now my, I think, eighth attempt at starting this week's episode. I've, I've had eight goes. I've been at this now for like half an hour more, just trying to get started. Just getting started is the hardest thing with this. And it's been particularly hard this week because of a couple of things. Um, one I won't mention and one I will, which is about a, a cold that refuses to properly manifest. It's been that day before you get a cold feeling, but for like three days on the bounce, draining. I'd rather have the full thing and get it done. I've had a mild sore throat. It's not been COVID. I've been testing throughout. It's definitely not COVID. Unless my tests are wrong. I've been doing lateral flows every day to make sure. Because, and then, yeah, it was a bit of a lesson there as well. I was getting cocky about the fact that I can't seem to catch COVID. I've been sort of wandering around. And I should have had it. By, do you know what I mean? Like, the last time I was ill was just before we knew what COVID was. It was just a, starting to appear on the news. I was on the last cruise ship that I was doing before lockdown. And there was word of strange things happening in China and... Someone's eaten a bat, apparently, and there's a thing going, oh, well, it won't reach us. Do you know what I mean? It was that point. It was just over there, you know, all the Brits. Nonsense! It'll never reach our shores. It's just like SARS. It'll be a week. It'll be a week. And um, I was on a ship. We were out in, uh, oh, the Maldives. And uh, beautiful part of the world. But we, uh, the, when you cruise the Maldives, there are an awful lot of guests on board from China because it's a very popular tourist destination for, the, for them. And um, there was something going around on the ship. <laughs> Bearing in mind, COVID is new. It's just appearing on the news. We are talking about it. And the cruise after this one, I just, the one I did, two cruises later will be cancelled. This is just sort of before just January time. But I was literally, um, yeah, it's weird, this uh, <coughs> this, uh, <coughs> this virus they're talking about. Anyone know what the symptoms are? Because <coughs> I can't. Jesus, this cough just won't shift. What are the symptoms? So I had this dry cough and this sort of all over body sensation of misery. Like so just a heavy body, sleeping a lot, couldn't get any energy going on. Um... No, no COVID testing then. No one knew what it even was. It was just a thing on the news. Do you know what I mean? So, but I had it for four days. And then I had this migraine that I swear to God, I thought was death knocking on the door. It was so bad. I was texting my loved ones. It was just, it, it was a it was migraine right behind my eye when I was proper. Oh God, that's not an headache. That's something. That is something in there. 
That's an alien trying to get out is what that feels like. That is something. That is a, that's a lump. It's a lump. I'm telling you, that's it. That's it. And then, and it was really agonizing. I mean, I've had migraines my whole life, but not like this. And um, I ended up collapsing. That was that bad. I passed out on the bed. Boom. Thank God the bed was there to catch me because I blacked out. I must. Have, I just fell backwards on the bed. So I sort of woke up half on, half on, half off the bed. Sort of me, me, me backside hanging off of it. Me back all crook. Woke up. Oh, and I ate that. You know, you wake up and you've slept funny and you can't move. Oof. But I woke up after that, right as rain. All the symptoms gone. That was like the end of it. So I just put that down to a minor cold. Flew home from that cruise a few days later. I'm at the airport in Dubai. Oh, uh, I was connecting and seeing the first masks going on and the first the shutters coming down on the first shops and thinking, aye, aye, this is a bit more serious than we thought it was. And that was the start. But that was the last time I was poorly, properly poorly, until four days ago, this mild, horrible, mild, draining, fatiguing, cold. A, an horrible snide of a cold, not a full-blown storm from the east, but more like a, I'm going to hang around you and suck your energy and make you feel like you've been hit by a vampire. Oh, lurgy. Waking up with that coating on your tongue. I hate colds. But I'm making myself do this anyway. You've got to go with the energy you've got. So that's why that little thing I was doing earlier. Right, so I'll share it with you now. Why not? Mm. Like I say, this podcast, its own genre. You never know what you're going to get. So I, my friend Stephen Russell, I may have mentioned... No, I haven't mentioned him on the podcast yet. How weird. My late lamented friend Stephen Russell, the barefoot doctor, was a teacher of, of Taoist practices and mysticism and spirituality and wonderment. A wonderful man. I miss him every day. Um, I truly do. I'll tell you more about him, actually, because there's an awful lot of stories and stuff that's going to come out over the next... Yeah. He's a rich vein, not for today, but for the, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm ready. You know, he died, didn't he? So I've had, a, I, I, you know, talking about him has been un, un, a little painful. Of course, and everyone else with a mouthpiece has been talking about him, by the way. I mean, everyone that he ever, he ever sort of gave, got a sideways glance off of him at a book signing and thought, well, I've obviously got a connection here, has been posting, oh, I've lost my friend and brother. Oh, sound the clocks. A year gone now. A year since I lost my mentor in life. Did you ever meet him? No, but that's not the point. A year gone. And we were in the same room. Once I went to a book signing and, and he looked at me. We made eye contact and I know he saw me. And he comes to me in the astral, which is beautified if that's your experience. No, no judgment here. No judgment here at all. But he was my actual friend. Do you know what I mean? So talking about him's obviously been a little bit but I can now. I feel like I can now. I think I've grieved. And uh, there are so many brilliant stories. Anyway, he taught me what I was just doing at the start of this. I'll show it to you now. It's just a little way to get your energy moving. If you're not driving a car or operating heavy machinery, maybe follow along with this. Why not? Let's have a laugh. Notice how you feel. Just notice how you feel right now. Oh, and by the way, full disclosure, not a medical man. Right? And neither was he. Not a medical man. Not a doctor of medicine. This is a little self-helpy thing. Right? That's all it is. It's a bit of fun to make you feel a bit better. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, this is not a medical advice. I'm well aware of the times in which we live. But very, but anyway, wherever you happen to feel now, notice how you feel. Your energy level. Mine was, is a little bit, because of the lurgies. Very, very lightly. Cup thy hands, thus. And procrust lightly, lightly, 
lightly on the back of your skull. Very, very lightly. Just enough that you can kind of feel it and feel that sort of, that nice tappy feeling on the back of your skull. You tap around there for a little bit. This is from Taoism. This is uh, tapping on the three gateways, I think it's called. I should look that up. Come to Master Buckles, he knows the stories. Let me teach you us an ancient technique known as the um, Ujima Flips. I'll find something to call it. Having percussed on the back of the skull, now very gently with the, the tips of the fingers, percuss on the front of the chest, on the breastbone, very, very lightly. Just four ounces of pressure. He would say that all the time, just four ounces. That was his way of uh, describing the attitude in Tai Chi. Just do it with four ounces. Oh, he was a smart bugger. Anyway, percussing lightly on the chest. And then finally, make light fists and percuss on the kidneys. Let me just lean forward on my trendy podcasting chair. Or just briskly rub them. You can percuss, or you can just briskly rub them. And now notice how you feel in your torso. Nice little fizzy sensation in the chest. Nice little warmth around the kidneys. Nice little buzz at the back of the, back of the brain. There you go. But you feel more awake, don't you? Have that from me. <clears throat> Have that little gift of a thing. Next time you're feeling sleepy, pull over, tap the back of your head, chest, get another half hour out of the day. Ay. It's weird, because he, he sort of, he, he straddled the world of the, of the practical and the batshit, you know, in a way that no one else I know ever has. Like, there's all of his, the stuff he taught, it actually did work, there was a, but there was a neurological basis for it working, it wasn't just hippie shit. But he would, you know, he would talk in those terms because of the audience and the way he was, but yeah. I'll tell you all about him. I will tell you all about him. I'm sure over the coming weeks. But I want to tell you about someone else today. But I want to tell you about someone else today for the reason being he's just passed away. Um, uh, some I didn't know. I did meet. I'm going to tell you that story. I did meet him. Didn't know him. Won't pretend that I did. But I met him. and did have an exchange with him. Um, but... Despite that massive influence on me, massive, which was not, which would not be apparent to anyone who's seen me work as a performer, it's not obvious. It's not there. You can't see it. The influence. It's more of an. Uh, it was more of an attitudinal thing than a performing style thing. Oh, bloody hell! Didn't influence some people. The most plagiarized man in comedy magic. We might get into that as well. But anyway, the legendary, the amazing Jonathan. Has finally, has finally had taken his last breath. It was a long time coming. He was a very ill man. And he defied the odds, you know. He fought it well. I mean, he was given a year and he got another six or seven out of life. And he lived well. He really lived well, man. He, I mean, he squeezed every last ounce out of it. I'll tell you. I, I first saw him on TV in the 90s. In the 90s. The 90s, early noughties in the UK. You couldn't, he was on TV a lot. They'd fly him over to do an awful lot of stuff. And you'd see, but this is when TV was good. Like when Channel 4 actually had some decent stuff on. So you'd get, you know, remember when it was Friday night was always, um, you get Friends and Frasier and Whose Line Is It Anyway? And then The Word or something naff, you know, as it got later and later. But you'd occasionally get these shows. There was one called Viva Cabaret. That was a late night Channel 4 cabaret show set in a, in a, a cabaret. And he was a regular guest on it. He did it every week. 
Um, and I saw him on that. Oh, man, I loved his work. But I've seen him before that because he would pop up on Comedy Central. We get the occasional American comedy special in the UK. But he'd fly over here a lot. He did a lot of UK television. <laughs> this kind of manned, madman. He would... I don't need to describe to you what he did. Just have a look on YouTube. It'd be doing him injustice. But I loved that style so much. I'm the antithesis of it, but watching it. Beautiful visual stuff. He'd build these props that were... Great, like that one, he had this like, glass jar and it looked like it was full to the brim with powder. He'd stick a, 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 a straw in it and up his nose and snort, and you'd see it go down <sniffs> while he was snorting it, like he was snorting like 10 tonnes of cocaine. <gasps> and then he'd carry on and he'd had a, like, he'd pour like windoline in his ear and spit it out of his mouth and then pour it into his hand and spit, all this other weird shit. And, and then he'd say something mad to the camera like, you know, I get the urge to run around naked and this stops me from streaking. I mean, off the wall. But I just loved him so much. It made me laugh, proper laugh. But it was the first time I became aware of someone that, like, he would appear on TV a lot and he'd repeat a lot of material. And my only sort of TV magic exposure at the time was someone was Paul Daniels and a bit of Wayne Dobson. I think Wayne was about two series in or one series in, but they, they kind of burnt material. Every time you saw the show, it was something different, which is why it wasn't always, you know, it was some, sometimes it was something that Daniels, Daniels had been doing his whole life, and then it might be something he'd learned that morning, and you could tell. But amazing Jonathan, he, got, he seemed to be able to do the same act on different shows. It was like he was being flown around the world just to do that. It was interesting, interesting to see that. That idea you could be a successful performer on television, but not have that... You know, just doing the same thing. It was yeah, I don't know why I'm even mentioning that. But it was funny stuff. The knife through arm. First time I saw that. The first person I see do that on television was Simon Drake in the Secret Cabaret. It was around about the same time. And uh, he does that one where he puts it in vertical. He goes into his arm that way down. I've still got no idea how that works, by the way. The Drake one. I haven't got a clue. That still fools me. I mean, I know there's something, but I don't... Do you know what I mean? I'm not a dunce, but... The nature of it is so... I've never seen anyone else... It's his own unique one, Simon does. He designed it himself. I don't even believe he sells it. I think it's just a thing he made for himself. But it looks incredible. He goes through his arm uh, that way. It was amazing. Jonathan was the the soaring into your arm. But again, he had an, one that was made different to the one that you get in the magic shops. It, it, when he did it, it looked like he was really doing it. You could sort of see how the blade was came out. Rather than the ones the magic... You get, if you buy that trick from a magic shop, the knife through arm, you get this clunky looking thing... This this knife that looks like it's no knife you'd see anywhere. You know, Michael Myers in Halloween would turn his nose up at this weapon. And it look, just looks blunt. You know, because it is. But Amazing Jonathan's knife looked like a carving knife you'd find in a kitchen with a regular handle and a, and a blade that was bigger. The blade looked bigger than the handle. So for those that know what needs to be done, it still fooled you. He'd carve it to his arm. Such a simple presentation. He just would come out, examine my arm, does it look real? Yeah. Examine the blade, does it look real? Yeah. Well, explain this shit. Saw it into his arm, there's blood gushing down, everyone's screaming, and then, it's a trick. That face he would pull. So funny. Funny, but funny DNA, do you know what I mean? Just walking on, he was funny. But a lot of the material was liftable as well. That's the annoying thing, because I've seen, I've seen so many... Every, I've lost count of the comedy magicians I've seen doing his stuff. Just, just help yourself, you know. Why wouldn't you? 
and it annoys me no end. But that's, you know, the mentality of the average comedy magician. You can't fight it. That's just the average, not the good ones. Not the brilliant ones. You know, we all know who they are. We all know who the good ones are. So, um, yeah. I'll tell you what it is as well. It's that feeling of an end of a, an era. Like he feels like the last of those kind of rock and roll comedians you'd get in the 80s. The sort of high women of comedy. You know, the Sam Kinison kind of uh, Dice Clay, that sort of era when it was like really, you know, hard drinking, hard drugging comedy, talking about it. Hard men with hard lives, just giving it their all, talking about what's actually happened. You know, really that brilliant sort of period. He was, seems to be the last of them in a way. Because he went out that way. He didn't stop smoking crack. Do you know what I mean? He, he, was a, he, he liked crack and he didn't quit. Just, he was going to go out on his own terms, on his own feet. There's a documentary about him that I've not watched. I've got it lined up for tonight. Um, I think it's just called The Amazing Jonathan Documentary. It's on Amazon. I had to throw £6 at him. I don't know if you might find it free on whatever streaming you've got. I'm going to watch that tonight. But in the trailer for that, he's literally sat with a crack pipe talking to the documentary maker. You know, he went out partying. He, he didn't stop. He didn't stop having fun. Or his, his idea of fun. He didn't, you know... I don't know him. This is reading between the lines. But from what I saw of his presence online and how he would show up at magic conventions. I loved him. Yeah, but that last kind of proper highway to hell kind of comedian. Do you know what I mean? Like a proper... Like, he talked about it in an interview. This is what really got me into him, was this interview he gave to Genie magazine. And uh, in that, that interview, if you can track it down, which is fairly easy now, I imagine, online, that's one of the best... If I was starting uh, starting out as a comedy magician now, I'd say read that. You know what I mean? To anyone, it's it's he really goes... Because it's, it's truthful. He talks about what the clubs are actually like. He talks about what the road is actually like. He talks about the what it can do to a marriage and to a brain. He talks about his divorce. Um, he talks about everything brilliantly. Drugging, the, the lifestyle. And the headband. Now, this is an interesting thing. This goes into me meeting him. He talks about his headband in this interview. He says that um, it became such a trademark. He used to wear a headband on stage, if you don't know. And it became such a trademark, he could he could decide if he wanted to be recognised out and about, he'd wear the headband. And if he didn't want to be recognised, he wouldn't wear the headband and no one would recognise him. So if he, fa if he fancied being Amazing Jonathan for the night in a bar, he'd put the headband on and everyone would clock him. If he just fancied a night of being himself with some friends or whatever, no headband and, and he never occurred to anyone. I found that interesting. That's a side of showbiz that fascinates me. Marilyn Monroe is a very similar story. Marilyn Monroe is walking down the street with a journalist and nobody's noticing her. They're chatting. And the journalist says um, to Marilyn, I can't believe that no one's recognised you on this street. No one's said anything. And she says, oh, do you, want, do you want me to become her? And the journalist says, yeah. And she couldn't describe what happened, but Marilyn Monroe's posture just shifted ever so slightly. And her attitude just lifted ever so slightly. And that in turn raised the energy around her. And the next thing you know, everyone... Marilyn Monroe, they're taking photographs, cars are beeping their horns, she's blowing kisses, she's smiling. She could turn it on and turn it off. 
she studied with um, that acting teacher. Oh, that's going to annoy me. Chekhov, not Chekhov the writer. The, the, there's two Chekhovs. The one that was an acting teacher. He taught Yul Brynner as well. And his method of acting was a sort of a mystical method that he had. It was very... Um, whereas uh, Stan, um, other acting... Stanislavski? It was all about remembering an emotion and then bringing it back and then using it for your work. Chekhov's thing was imagining something, rather than drawing on something that you already had, imagining something over there that you didn't have and then stepping into it. It was a reversal of his way of getting into characters and stuff, one that I like the sound of. Not that I'm an actor, but if I ever was to become one, that's how I'd do it. And he taught her, but it was like he had a weird... You can tell the actors that he taught, they had this sort of weird charisma and this kind of way of turning it on and turning it off. Yul Brynner was the same. And Jonathan was the same by the sound of things. Amazing Jonathan. Getting it back on point. So it's the 90s, my friends. I'm up in London, as is my want. A young man. Young, carefree, absolutely skint. Working a shift. I was, I was stacking shelves at night at Toys R Us. Just so I could have like £30 to go to London on a Saturday and visit the magic shops. With me magic mate, Lee Hathaway. Was my magic mate at the time. We would, I would meet him in London. We'd have a right laugh. We'd swap card tricks. We'd have a bit of friendly banter. And um, we'd hang, Bobby Bernard was alive then. And uh, we'd normally go to Davenport, start out there, then just go and just, just bomb around London and do stuff. You know, think we were cool. <laughs> Buying drinks, you know. Yeah, we're 18. And, uh, <laughs> oh, what a time to be alive. You get to London on five quid on a travel card. I went in the other day. It was like 32. Anyway. So we're running around London one night. We've beaten the magic shops. We've had a laugh. We've been swapping card tricks. We've been to Covent Garden to see the street performers, whatever. We're walking across Leicester Square. And Lee, Lee noticed him. I didn't. Lee, if Lee hadn't noticed him, this doesn't happen. And we're walking along. Lee goes, is that Amazing Jonathan? And I was like, what? And it was. He was coming out of the tube, out of uh, Piccadilly Circus tube with his mate. And I recognised the mate because the mate was in um, Viva Cabaret with him. There's a bit he does where he's... Uh, let me get this right. This is all from memory. I've not. I've done no research. All from memory. Um, so he comes on stage, and the guys in the audience, and he, he goes to the guy up to the audience, does some magic with him, sends him back, and he goes, "Sir, sir, sir, is this your watch?" And the guy goes like, "Oh," <laughs> and the crowd's all alone. And is this uh, your wallet here, sir? And the guy's like, "Oh my," yeah, and takes the wallet back, and then he goes, "And is this your spinal cord?" And he rips out his spine, <laughs> hanging there, and the guy flops to the stage and starts having a having a fit. It was a. A guy with long hair and like a Doug Henning moustache. His friend. Anyway, they were together. So they're obviously over filming or doing something. Because the guy's part of the act. Anyway, we saw them. We got to go and say hello. So we went over to them, walked up to them. And uh, I said to him, or at least said to him, excuse me, are you the amazing Jonathan? And, he, and this is what I love. He stopped and he turned the face. He had the headband on. And he said to us, yes, I am. But, but like he did he did proper amazing Jonathan delivery. I've got no idea if he was like that in life, but if, if, if he was playing it up for us. But either way, it was just what you wanted. And we're like, we're magicians too. We, we love it. We, 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 we want to be professional performers one day. We're working up to that. Oh, you need to do it, boy. Like really kind of like, oh, you'll never look back. It's a great life, you know. And uh, <laughs> just I can see him now. He was wearing a raincoat, like a... And blue jeans and white trainers and a big green t-shirt. Look, look proper 80s cool. It was the 90s, but he looked 80s cool. You know, he looked like one of those, what you imagine, a comedian of that nature to be wearing. 
And then I said, um, I, I was watching you just two nights ago. You were on Channel 4 and Viva Cabaret because they were re-showing it. And he went, they're re-showing that shit. And I went, yeah. And he went, well, I guess those sons of bitches owe me royalties. And that was the last thing he said. And he turned and off he went into the, into the London night. I think he was going to the comedy store. Um, he headed off in that direction anyway. And uh, yeah, that was my briefest of encounters with the amazing Jonathan on Leicester Square. But it's one of those ones that stayed with me ever since. Like, he's one of the ones that I, I've met loads of, you know, I met many a famous person. And uh, some of them, but some of them stay with you. And that really stayed with me. Because he was generous to a fan. He was kind and generous. He didn't dash me off. He was kind and, us. Oh, sorry. He didn't dash us off. He was kind and generous to a pair of fans. Yeah, massive lesson in how to just be a famous bloke right there. So I was sad to learn to, this week that he passed away. Again, I, I, it's not a personal loss because I didn't know him, but it was just a the end of an era, the end of a time, the end of a way of doing things, the end of a, a brain like that, that 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 thing, that happening, that that source of ideas has ceased. No more. It's it's. It's now it's memories, it's stories, it's it's what it is when a person, you know, moves on. Yes, so I shall miss seeing him on stuff. Yeah, he was a good guy in my experience, which was brief, but yeah. So this is this episode of Borderline. Is for the amazing Jonathan. See you on the next one.